1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Yes, we're still here. The virus hasn't got us yet. Anyways, I am Ron Kolick, your host, New England's own Van Helsinki, and with me, the Blonde Bomb Show, all the way from the penthouse in East Bridgewater, <laughs> Anne Carragher.
2: Hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, name? Name, please.
1: Why, you Hi. don't know your own name? I have to tell you your name. Yeah, these days. Yeah. Honestly, Everybody knows the Blind yeah. Bombshell. There how there are we? no others. Of course. We there all you know go. that.
2: We yeah. all know that.
1: But yeah. how you doing? Excellent. Anyways, uh, we. Good. this is the second hour of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio. The first hour, of course, was the International with Marla Brooks and Steve. And we did an uh, interesting discussion on sea serpents, uh, which you can listen to on your podcast uh, on iTunes. So anyways... Joining us tonight is someone I've known for quite a while. is a good friend of my cohort, uh, Maureen Wood. And she is Betty Comerford. Betty, you're there.
3: Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone.
1: Hi, How Betty. You
3: you can you hear
1: me okay? Can you hear me all right? Fine. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, first thing, I was looking at your bio, which is I've never done before. So uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, found, I found something interesting because uh, you have a BA in history and a minor in English, and believe it or not, I have a minor in English, too, which Ooh. is only six credits short of a major in English, believe it or not, for the guy who can't speak or write. Uh,
2: I uh, know, right? It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, no, I uh, think you're a good writer. And a, and a minor in history as well, but that's besides the point. But the thing I was intrigued about was Master of Science in Taxes. What the hell
3: is that? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? It's a real
0: thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
3: needed to, yeah. I needed to earn money. I needed to have a job where I can earn money.
1: <laughs> and, and so oh, what yeah, is that. A, what is what is a master of science in taxes and in, in, in compass?
3: Well, basically it's the only area in in law that I can practice without being an attorney because taxes are law. So I work oh. for a Fortune 500 company where I worked in the tax department. And I did all okay. kind. Of, I did corporate taxes. I did international taxes, which is why I'm now retired and I write fiction.
1: Oh. <laughs> I, I well, bet your awesome. taxes are all done on time, right?
3: Yes, they are. They're even before.
1: <laughs> so I should have you come over and help me finish mine off, which <laughs> I'm still playing with.
3: Oh, my
2: goodness. Oh. <laughs> You're getting then, close there, Van Helsing. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know.
1: Yeah, another week. Get a week. Yeah. Anyway, but that's different So Betty is a, a reverend as well She's a non denominational spirituals minister And uh, I know you're a medium as well And a, a horrific writer uh, Maureen mm-hmm. has always said you were a great writer And uh, uh, so let's talk a little bit about your books Because speaking about Maureen You, you and her are now writing a series of books uh, Fictional uh, books, right?
3: Yes, we just actually finished our third book in the series. Wow. It's called The Ghost Seeker is Paranormal. And, uh, Anne, you really liked the first one, didn't you?
2: I did. It was really, really good. You guys did an amazing job. Yeah.
3: So basically what we've done is we've taken our, our experiences investigating ghosts and, and all our spiritual work, and we put it in this fiction book with four teenagers, who are now exploring the paranormal and have weird things happen to them?
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds cool.
2: Yeah, I thought it. I cool. thought it was really interesting, and I I need to get the second one.
3: <laughs> the second one's out, and what Maureen and I decided to do, we write under the pen names BT Lord and JS Stevens. And because of the COVID, uh, what we decided to do was make our books ninety nine cents each, the eBooks. So that, you know, I know people are out of work and they're, you know, having difficulty making ends meet. So we wanted to do our part. So 99 cents for a download on Amazon.
1: Oh, I'm going to be
2: getting that then. So
1: once again, give the the three titles also that if anybody wants to get them, they can. uh, Well, first of all, are, are these young reader books?
3: We call them young adults but they're written for both um, teenagers, tweenies, and adults.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so give us the names so if anyone's interested, they can uh, pick them up on Amazon. For 99 cents, folks, go out there and get 99 them. 99 cents? Get one, get uh, two, the first, get three.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, the first one is called Monster of the Asylum, and it's uh, it introduces the four teenagers, and they go to investigate. Well, actually, they win an opportunity to be on TV, with a paranormal investigative team, of course, we won't tell you which one that it was based on, and, uh, and and it's called Monster of the Asylum. And the second one is called The Girl Who Died Twice, and it's about a scary little doll and things that happen. And the third one uh, is called um, The Carnival. I don't. I can't remember the name. Carnival of the Cursed. And we just finished it. We're sending it out to actually, I sent it out to our readers today, our beta readers. So we're hoping to get it out next week.
2: Oh, sweet! That's nice. And I, I want to add. So yes, this book is equally as appealing to adults. I mean, as I think it would be to teenagers.
1: Um, That's coming from a blind.
2: Hey. Thanks. That's the <laughs> just best saying, kind of reference. Just that's just the best kind it. of reference, I then, isn't you are. it? You
1: are the blonde bombshell. I am giving you total credit. Okay. Yeah,
3: but at so. least he has hair, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Bing! There you go. Good one, Betty. Just Zing-ga.
1: kidding. And <laughs> no. science evolution. Maybe you don't know it, but eventually we'll all be bald and great heads, <laughs> and we'll just be- except my heads the size of a peanut. So I think that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I am male, too, so don't forget that. Uh, moving right along, we uh, you are also an investigator, uh, but you do it differently than other paranormal groups. So you want to explain a little bit how you do it and uh, why you do it the way you do it?
3: Uh, the group, we were all trained in um, shamanic techniques, and basically what we do is, we help the spirits that are there cross, the ones that want to leave. And we have found that using energetic techniques, um, we show them what is on the other side because the reason the ghost is there is because they don't know they can move on because they're in a darker energetic level. So we come in and we show them energetically what the other side feels like. and. You know, why would you want to stay here if you could go on to something much, much better, much more peaceful? So that's basically what we do. We we help them leave and continue their journey on the other side.
1: Hmm. And I how think do that's, you? Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I was going
3: to say,
2: how do you how do you do this? Um, what's the process? I've um, never seen this done.
3: Uh, Well, as I said, you know, being trained in in shamanic techniques, uh, we believe that everything is made up of energy. And scientifically, energy has a vibration to it, a lower vibration. You know it's lower when you're feeling heavy or you're feeling depressed. You feel like you're walking through mud. Um, When you're at a higher vibration, you feel really good. It's almost like the first time you fall in love. You just feel fantastic. Fantastic. So what we do is using, um, our vibration, we raise our vibrations up and that allows the spirit to actually raise their vibration with us because they no longer have a physical body to get rid of whatever's holding them here. It could be grief. It could be unfinished business. It could be all those things that they're still stuck on the, on the earth plane. So what we mm-hmm. do is we combine our energies and we bring it up to the point where they they don't need to hold on to all that stuff anymore. We kind of take it on for them and ground it out from our bodies. I don't know if that makes any sense, but mm. Mm. Um, and, okay. and then they then they have an opportunity to see the other side and, and move forward towards it. Okay.
1: Right. So how how does your shamanic training help you in doing this?
3: We learned all about how energy works. Um, As I said, everything is made up of energy, people, trees, rocks, animals, whatever. So we learn how to use that energy and we learn how to raise our vibrations to a point where we can do the work that we need to do, which could be healing. It could be communicating with guidance, you know, communicating with the other side. It makes us more powerful to walk in both worlds, the world that you see and the world that you don't see and we get a connection with everything around us. I mean, I, I can be sitting here in my home, which is in the middle of the woods, and I will feel physically what's going on in the world. I can feel hmm. when a friend of mine who lives on the other side of the country is having a bad day. I feel that energy. Wow. That's so
1: amazing. it's sort of like the, the uh, Mothman effect.
3: Well, I hope that we don't try to... Uh, you know, uh, tell you when something bad's going to happen, like the Mothman supposedly does, but uh, <laughs> we do try to help well, you out.
1: <laughs> well, the Mothman effect is, is similarly that everything that we do has uh, repercussions in the slightest thing uh, all over the world. And people can uh, pick up on or, or feel the results of these. Um, That's true. Minor things,
3: everything you do, your emotions, your thoughts, your words, all of that goes out energetically into the world. Mm. And anybody that's sensitive is going to pick up on that. They may not understand what it is, but they will feel it. Mm. That's why Mm. a lot of people are having such a hard time these days with everything that's going on, all the negativity, all the anger. For a lot of sensitive people, it's tough for them to get through every day because it's like walking through mud, through Mm -hmm. goo.
2: Oh, God, especially now. I can't even imagine having that burden. People are so
3: awful. (laughs) No, it's it's tough. And if you don't mind me saying, um, uh, you guys know um, my colleague Steve Wilson, He and I wrote a series of books on the gift of empathy, and that's under our own names, Betty Comerford and Steve Wilson. And it's to help people that are very, very sensitive to energy. They consider it a curse. We think of it as a gift, but we know how to navigate it. They don't. And that's what the books are about, to help people navigate the gift of empathy, of feeling all these emotions physically in your body and knowing Mm -hmm. what to do with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. My daughter has that. So <laughs> uh, oh, empathy? She's empathic? Uh, she's, she's very empathic. She, I don't think yeah. that, uh, in different ways, um, yeah. but she does pick up on a lot of stuff from people, mm-hmm. and, and I think that I should have her read that book <laughs> for sure. The,
3: the, the, the first one is called The Reluctant Empath, and that actually won an award. And uh, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten from around the world. Telling me that it's helped them. Now they know they're not crazy. They know that, <laughs> that what they have is, is you know, that they really are feeling what they what they're feeling. And we end each chapter with a how-to on how to navigate the energy that you feel.
1: Mm. That's good. And, and I, I see the fifth book in the series is called "Ghosts and Shamanic Tales of True Haunt, Haunting."
3: Uh, that was the first. That was the first book.
1: Oh, it was the first book?
3: That was the first book that I wrote, yeah.
1: And yeah. that did you collect those stories? from a, a, How did you go about that as far as collecting, uh, uh, getting these tales for your book? Or are they just those, fictional?
3: Those, those are the experiences of our paranormal investigative team, so they're all true. It's what we personally experienced, and again, at the end of each chapter... I put in a how-to on how to work with energy, like how to ground. And all that means is moving the energy out of you, um, how to cut cords and bonds. And basically what that means is when you meet somebody, they'll attach to you, you know, and sometimes you feel very drained and you don't know why. So I explain what to do about that. So things like that. But those are all our own true experiences of what, what we went through, you know, investigating different places.
1: hmm now do you still do uh, ghost investigating
3: occasionally yeah yeah a lot of it now because of this we can actually do over the phone believe it or not you know mm-hmm. because we're we're mediums and psychics we can tune into what's happening um in a person's house because i don't know if you have found this in your investigations but a lot of times a place is haunted because the person is haunted and basically what that means is that they're very sensitive but they don't know it So they will attract spirits to them they don't know what to do with them
1: Mm. that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. so what i mean when in your investigating uh various hauntings what what which one did you find the most interesting case
3: oh god that's hard because we've had some real whoppers. well give me a couple (laughs) if
1: you can't whatever whatever one you chose is fine But uh, give me an Uh example of of one that you thought was intriguing. doesn't have to be your favorite, but. uh...
3: I think one of the more interesting, and I might have mentioned this before when I was on your show, but I think one of the more poignant ones and sad ones was um, uh, we had a friend who all of a sudden she started feeling herself being pushed down the stairs. She had just moved into this house. And she felt herself being pushed down the stairs. She didn't know what was going on, and it was freaking her out. Um, so I, I went over. And basically what it was, it was, a, um, it was a, uh, a soldier that was living in her home. And it wasn't until afterwards that I saw a sign outside her house saying that this had belonged to a, a soldier from World War I that had never come home. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's right. And <laughs> that's who was, that was, who was in the home. And it turned out that when I communicated with him, it turned out that he was terrified of moving on because after all the horror that he had seen during the war, he cursed God. And he was scared that if there really was a God, how was he going to deal with him because he had cursed him out uh, after all the horror. So, you know, it took me about a half hour of this kind of communicating with him, telling him it's okay, it's all right, God loves you no matter what. You can go towards that light. He's going to forgive you. It doesn't matter. And he finally left, and she hasn't had an issue since. Mm, Thank God. But it's it's amazing what the thought process can do to keep you from moving on, even something as perhaps simple as, I curse God and he's going to hate me. That will Mm -hmm. keep you here on the earth plane. That's why we always tell people, make make whatever peace you need to make before you pass away, because you don't want to get stuck.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right, Wow,
1: you know, I was looking at a list of the places that you went, and uh a lot of them are the same ones I've gone which are, yep. are uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> and uh, the I noticed the Gettysburg Battlefield. I'm trying to figure out it being an empath how how that must have been for you.
3: That is a fantastic place. If you want to really learn about energy, that's the place to go. Because the northern side feels completely different than the southern side. And mm. our group actually went there last fall before the world turned upside down. And mm. we walked Pickett's Charge at night.
1: Oh, and it was just cool. us
3: out in that field. And let me tell you, the energy was unbelievable, unbelievable walking there. And we actually... Again, because our vibration is higher than the average person because we do a lot of work to keep it that way, um, we actually felt a lot of soldiers following us as we walked up Pickett's Charge in the middle of the night. And for those who don't know, Pickett's Charge is a huge field where a gigantic battle took place on the third day of Gettysburg where the Southerners just walked across that field being bombarded um, by the cannons of the, the northern side who were on a ridge overlooking this field.
2: Talk about mm. courage! Right, just picked them off.
1: Just picked did, you them go, off. did you go? Did you go to, to the Devil's part. Den? there?
3: We did. We did go to Devil's Den, and what's interesting at Devil's Den is that what we felt mainly was people energy. You think about it; that place is what one hundred and forty-eight, forty-nine years since the battle, and all the people that have visited there have left their energy, their impressions. So you have to kind of drill down beneath people energy to get to the ghost energy, if that makes any sense.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah.
1: So you, you're saying ghost energy. No, I, I, I'm not sure. So you're saying that everybody that died, they were still there, yet you, not when you investigate, no. but when you investigate, you send people onto the light. I, I don't understand how that could work.
3: Well, let me, let me put it this way. Um, the, a lot of the men that fought, in that war especially on the northern side a lot of them were irish that came off the boat because in, in those days you could pay 300 dollars to the government and have somebody else take your place so you didn't uh-huh. have to go to war somebody went in your place oh. a lot of them were these poor irishmen that came off the boat they would say hey we're going to pay you so much money if you go fight they didn't know what they were fighting for so they go. <laughs> now, in, in history, who's remembered? The generals are remembered, you know, and the officers are remembered. But the average soldier, if he's remembered at it all, it's by his own family. So now, hundreds some odd years later, you've got all these people honoring you. They're feeding off that energy. They don't know that they can move on. And if they do know, they may not want to because for the first time, you're being honored. You may not have been anybody in life. But now, in death, you're a hero.
1: Interesting. So
3: we so we found a lot of the soldiers didn't want to move on because they were getting that from the living. It was fascinating. We didn't we didn't expect that the first time we went.
1: Hmm. So, when you were there, now, now I assume from what you're telling me that there are like people soldiers are following you did you attempt to move them any of them on or or is it just yes
3: we did you were there investigating we no we um we combined our energies and steve said a prayer and um we whoever wanted to move on had the choice to move on and a lot of them did they did that night
1: okay Cool. Now, one of the places that you did, did investigate, of course, is one of my favorites, which I, I've done countless times, of course, is the Houghton Mansion. And yes. what was that like for you?
3: That was interesting because um, we were finding a lot of things that um, a lot of other teams didn't quite pick up on, um, and... Some of it was very sensitive. We were actually seeing um, the, the ceremonies that are secret. And when we told, um, I don't know if I can, see can I say Josh? Josh? Cushcan. Yeah, Josh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh Montello. Uh, he is a, because uh, there's a big uh, Masonic temple attached to the Houghton, and he was a Mason there. And all of a sudden, he was taking us around, and we started seeing their ceremonies, and he got nervous. <laughs> how, did you, how do you know that? I like, go, I don't know. We're just seeing it. We're just telling you what we're seeing. <sighs> um, but we did see um, some spirits there that were pretending to be other people, especially one particular spirit. was a very dark spirit who had been um, a Mason many, many years ago. Your son knows about this, Ron, because I think he did some research And because he was with us that night when we were walking around, so Ron Jr. could probably Mm -hmm. tell you more than I could um, because he did research. And there was one guy that was not very nice and was using uh, the ceremonies in not a good way. Mm -hmm. So he was there um, kind of trying to stir the pot and pretending to be other spirits who they weren't really who they said they were.
1: No, I've got an interesting... Thought for you, and and um, when Marmy and I were doing original Ghost Chronicles with, with those who do remember, and I still get email saying, "Where is it?" Uh, is that uh, you know we used to go around to different locations, and we we just with a crappy little tape recorder and, and record <laughs> some of our stuff that goes on. So one day, one Sunday afternoon, actually, I decided to take it to Dudley Road in uh, Baraka, and it it's a place well, where lots there. of yeah. what's that? What's that? Yeah,
3: I was there. Yeah, that's, that's a it's an interesting place.
1: So anyways, while while we were were there, there were, I know all the tales about her, which are all just misconceptions or, or legends mm-hmm. uh, and when we were there over the the period of time, she began to pick up on all of these legends even though they weren't true. And we kind of believe that as we went farther and farther, we, we got through a, a a veil, I guess you would say. And, and we believed there was actually something older uh, there that was pretending to be these lessons. Is this similar? I mean, do you run into that very often where you have spirits pretending to be? Something. In other words, we we felt in this particular thing that these other spirits were giving people what they wanted. These were the legends, and so they wanted them to experience these wet legends. Do you? Does that make sense to you?
3: That makes total sense to me because we've seen that so many times. And one subject that I know is a sore point with a lot of paranormal teams is when you get to the subject of demons. Mm -hmm. Demons are rare. And most of the time, it's just the dead guy who's having fun. You know, we have, we, we, have this, we, 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 we have a saying in our group, drama in life equals drama in death. So if, so if you were a nasty person in life, guess what? You're going to be the same way yeah. in death. And um. they take advantage. They feed off fear. So they're going to do whatever they can to evoke fear in a human being so they can feed off that fear. And that's what a lot of these demon things are. They're not demons. They're just, you know, I don't want to say the word on air, but you know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, son of a bitch. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> we have to take a break right now. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. And our special guest is Betty Comfortford right here on Tojanet Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Mermark Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after the following messages.
2: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, author and spiritualist, Betty Comerford. Hi. Hi. Betty, I have to ask you a question. Okay. I I, I have a question. Betty with Mm -hmm. one T.
1: Yes. It drives me nuts.
2: Why one (laughs) T? Has it always been one T or is that a family thing or...
3: That's, uh, my, my family is Cuban and that's how you spell it in Cuba. Oh, no kidding. That's
2: funny. There you go.
1: Yeah. All right. There's my answer. So is my dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving right that's along. A, he, he still goes back there too. He's got family still living in Cuba. So it's, yeah.
3: I've neat asked place. my mother if she wants to go, but she, she left, uh, before the problems in the 60s, and she she says she does, doesn't want to go. She wants to remember it the way it was when she was growing up.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, not good. Still not good. So anyway, no, no. yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's that's sad. So the name of your group is the Spirit Light Network. Light why, Network. why did you chose that that name?
3: Um, because we believe in helping go get to the light, like in huh? that movie Poltergeist, go to the light. Mm-hmm. So that's how we ended up with that. And network work um, was because we actually have these little offsprings, these other little groups that kind of come under our umbrella. And uh-huh. we show people how we do what we do so that they can go off and do it, too. Because to me, it's, it's, it's more than just an investigation. It's really helping the spirit move on if they want to.
1: Okay, so I mean, you you do a lot of things. You do uh, house and land clearings and blessings, mm-hmm. uh, but you assist in the release of trapped souls. So that's like moving them along, right? Yeah. And you say spiritual and historical documentation in support of the hauntings that occur. You, do you want to explain that a little bit? What does that exactly
3: mean? Uh. I'll give you an example. I I know that uh, you've been to um, the old man. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. Uh, We were there. um, We kind of did a very quiet investigation. And the things that we came up with, the the historian there checked them out. And she saw that what we had seen and what we were experiencing was documented. Mm -hmm. So that's what we mean by that. It's great if. If we can find documentation, I love doing historical houses because of my degree in history. And we did another house where um, we found, you know, talking with the spirit, there was the ghost of a woman there. She had been, um, you know, part of the house, uh, the daughter of the owner. And they were from money and she had fallen in love with the chauffeur. So that didn't really wasn't looked upon very well in those days for talking the 1800s. And right. we told the the caretakers, and a little later they actually found some diaries that cataloged her romance with the uh, with the chauffeur.
1: Wow, that's kind of cool.
3: Mm-hmm. That was very cool, yeah. so yeah. do you need
1: uh, do you need verification of what you're witnessing or what you're feeling or what you're uh, sensing?
3: Um, well, I'm not sure what you mean that um, because you know your head can lie to you but your body can't lie to you it doesn't know how to lie so when I, I'm a little bit like Maureen when I walk into a place that has lower energy my chest hurts mm-hmm. so I automatically know okay there's something here that I need to keep an eye on so yeah. I know what I'm feeling is real because like I said it's not in my head it's in my body and the body can't lie it doesn't know how to, mm-hmm. know how to lie I
1: don't know if that answers your question, but uh, sort of, I guess. In that, so when you do these investigate, say you go investigate a house, mm-hmm. do you do it? Are you when you go in, is what if they don't want the spirit to move on? Is how do you deal with that conflict?
3: Um. We really have yet to find a house where they don't want the spirit to leave. Most of them want them out of there because they don't, they don't, they don't feel comfortable. And most of them have children and they don't like the fact that even if the spirit is benign and nice, they don't like the idea of the spirit looking after, you know, looking in the kids bedrooms at night or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but if we do find someone like that, we explain to them that put yourself in the place of the spirit. You know, would you want to be stuck in the in-between place, we call it, for the rest of eternity? Or would you rather have an opportunity to move on, to meet whatever you believe in, whether it's God or whatever, to move on off the earth plane and into the spirit plane? And my nine times out of ten, they'll say, well, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. So I like, okay, so let's give this ghost an opportunity to move on. And, and if it is a family member, it doesn't mean that they can't come back and check in on you. You know, right. and you'll know the difference when um, a spirit that has crossed comes back to visit because what you feel is pure love. You'll know a spirit hasn't crossed if you feel human emotion, if you feel anger, if you feel, you know, uh, that lower earth energy, if you know what I'm talking about, the lower emotional energies that humans have. Mm-hmm. But if you feel pure love, you know they've moved
1: on. Huh. So you mentioned something about that in between, or I forget which what you called the it. Between, what you call the, it?
3: the in between place. Yeah, the in between place.
1: But it's like a yet,
3: it's a different plane of existence for ghosts. But they're neither in. Are they neither on Earth and they're neither in heaven, for lack of right. a better So
1: word. they're in limbo. So, <laughs> limbo. so the, the, the difference is though that you do have spirits that are very happy where they are. They don't want to leave. Yeah, they so, won't leave.
3: And we don't we don't force them to leave. We just show them what they could go towards. So and what what, said, if,
1: what yeah. makes I mean if they're happy where they are, what what's so great on the other side, the or the light or whatever you want to call it, heaven that would make it any better over there?
3: Okay, think about what—I know that, you know, uh, your religious belief. so think about what you've been taught. It's a place of the most profound love and the most profound peace. Why would you want to stay in the in-between place?
1: If you're happy, you have an why opportunity?
3: not? Well, because you don't know. That's the whole point. You don't know that you have a choice. If they know they have a choice and they don't want to move on, that's one thing. That's fine. They can stay where they are as long as they're not bothering anybody. hmm That's their choice. They have freedom.
1: Well, I mean, can you you drive people out? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You can drive spirits away if they don't want to go?
3: Um, We've only done that once when it was a, um, it was actually a murderer who was in, it was the spirit of a murderer who was really um, torturing the the living family. So we did force him out. We said, no, you can't stay here. You've got to go.
1: Mm
3: -mm. Because he was doing really nasty things.
1: So... How do you drive them out, for instance, if they don't want to go? it's
3: um it's uh I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it is a shamanic technique where you can't force the spirit to leave.
1: Hmm. Okay. so
3: we, we have, we've only used that that once because this he was really causing a lot of problems in in the mm-hmm. home, and there were young children involved, and we said, no you've, you've gotta go. you you've got to go you don't you don't do this to kids."
1: So, well that's that's the part that's, that I'm in conflict of because I thought oh, what we are is basically uh, what distinguishes us between us and, and other f- forms is free will and if we can't be forced to do things that we don't want to do
0: well what
3: would you do if you we're had talk, another, we're talking about uh, a human sitting in your home.
1: we're not talking about any other entities we're talking about human spirits
3: right. But again, I mean, if if you've got if you've got a spirit in your house that is disrupting your home, they're they're really bothering.
1: But what gives you the power to be able to drive them out if they have free will, if they don't want to go? That's that's the part that I'm uh, fighting. I see what you're Uh, saying.
3: You're basically saying, do I have
1: the right to play God? We all have the right to play God. Is that what you said?
3: No, I'm saying that's basically what you're asking. Do I have the right to, to play God? And I think in this situation where you've I, got a very low energy that is um, really causing a lot of disruption, I would do that any day of the week when there's children or whatever. Yes, I will step in and do whatever I need to do to save so them. So did,
1: then you have that power then to be able to drive out spirits. That's what you're well, me.
3: <laughs> you make me sound omnipotent. Um, but I, I, you just uh, meant
1: uh, you have I the right to play case, God, which is pretty omnipotent ob- to me. <laughs> well, I'll
3: tell you this, Ron. Um, you know, we communicate very strongly with our guides. We don't do anything unless our guides tell us it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and they gave us permission to get him out of there. They actually came in and helped get him out.
1: Right. And, and I was talking in general, by the way, not particularly right. uh, you, but any anybody in So I, I, I
3: understand what you're saying, is that, and and I, and I respect that. I just, you know, again, we don't do if, if guidance says no because something there's a lesson here, maybe, then we we pull back. But in that so, particular instance, they said it's okay to do it.
1: I should probably move on because I'm still having problems wrestling with this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> move along. Move it's, along, Ron. Yeah.
1: Nothing. It's, See, it's, yeah, it's, it's rare that that happens.
3: <laughs> As I said, it, in all the years we've been doing this, that was that one incident. We haven't come across that
1: since. Right, right, right. Like I said, it, it's, it's, it wasn't really you in particular. It was just the, the – the, um, the thought of it, of, of being able to do it. Anyways, uh, you've had three books out that was fictional that you did with Marmy Wood under your uh, pseudonyms. And yes. uh, would, you, would you give those out again so that people um, know? The, the... Uh,
3: it's called The Ghost Seekers Paranormal Mysteries. And the first one is Monster of the Asylum. The second one is The Girl Who Died Twice. And the new one, which will be coming out within the next couple of weeks, is Carnival of the Cursed. By who? By B.T. Lord and J.S. Stevens.
1: Okay, so look for those, and they're ninety-nine cents right now on uh, yes. Amazon, uh, Amazon on e-download. E- so awesome! Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Do, you have, do you have plans for more books in this series?
3: Yes, we're actually going to get together later this week by phone and start plotting number four.
1: Nice. <laughs> That's fun. Prolific. <laughs> well, we're, having, I, we're having such a good I, time with
3: them.
2: Can, I have a question about one of the places you have listed that you've gone to, and I know nothing about this place. It's called Serpent Mound, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. That was the, What? Yes. Can, I've never heard of it. Can you tell me about it?
3: It's actually, it's an ancient... Supposedly, it's an in- ancient Native American mound, and it's in the shape of a serpent. Mm-hmm. And it's, it it looks like it's swallowing an egg. Um, when we went there, though, we found that it actually predates natives. No offense to the natives, but it's it's very ancient. It 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 goes before them. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and I know this is gonna sound very dramatic, but we felt that the serpent was actually a warning huh. of um yeah, the 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 egg that it's supposed to be swallowing is the earth. And that that's when you get into aliens. I don't know if you want to go there.
1: Oh.
2: Wow. That's cool. I mean, place, I'm, I'm looking at this place. picture and I'm I'm yeah. amazed if that's a natural you know that's a natural formation.
3: Um, really I don't intriguing. Think it's natural, I, yeah. I, I think it was. But us say, we got that it was a warning. It was placed there as a warning.
1: Oh. Huh. Now, now in the schematic studies, you do a lot of uh, interesting things. Like, for instance, the the sweat, uh, sweat lodge, lodge or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. What's the purpose of something like that? Um,
3: I'll tell you honestly, I only did it once and I hated it (laughs) Uh, because they put too many people in it and it became I I didn't like it. I had to get out. I felt like I was suffocating. Uh. But if you do it correctly, um, basically what it is, is it's 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 heat, you know, it's it's very hot. They have these hot stones and it kind of puts you into a meditative state and you're supposed to be able to have visions and, and things in this hut with the heat.
2: Hmm. Sounds like so it would be kind of hilarious to me,
3: but. <laughs> it, 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 it is, and you know, it's, it, oh, I if mean, you, it, is it, it, if it's done correctly, you know, uh, but as I said, I only did that one time and it was, I just, I, I and it was that serpent mound as a matter of fact, and I had huh? to leave because they, they had way too many people in there and it was just this. Just...
2: Mm. I no, don't think fun. I would like that either. I don't know. Yeah. You, like any of that hot yoga things like that I'm like uh, don't go yoga I't think so. I can't hot do that yoga
3: <laughs> on hospital I'm, I'm not for that either <laughs> there
1: you
3: go. I'm a cold weathered person anyway <laughs> so how did
1: how did you get involved in, in the shamanic practices
3: I didn't know what a shaman was. I, I, you know, was doing the angel card stuff and Reiki and all of that, and and uh, and I still felt like there was something missing in my spiritual studies. And uh, I started working for this place, and it turned out that there was a shaman working there. And, I, you know, I got a discount. So I said, ah, let me go see what <laughs> the shaman is all about. You know, I get a discount. What the heck?
0: Yeah, and, why not? Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, why not? Uh, and it turned out to be Steve Wilson. And um, as I said before, you know, he blew my socks off when it came to energy work and all of that. And it just felt familiar to me, even though I didn't know anything about it. And I I, mm-hmm. I really got on his case and I said, you really need to teach me how to do this. And I became mm-hmm. the biggest pain in his butt. Um, yes. And that's how it led to him starting to teach shaman classes because I needed to learn how to do this stuff. And that was wow, well, 20 years ago or something, So, and I've been doing it. I know, time flies, huh? I know, I know, tell me about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's how I got into it, kind of fell into it, but I think it was a progression of my the next step in my path.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Now, I just had a question, which I forgot, so that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, uh, one of the things I'm I'm when I was going to ask you, well, do you – I mean, you studied other things, well, angels and before that. Don't you think there's a crossover between the different modalities? For instance, like Steve took me on to find my, uh, what do you call it, my totem animal and everything else. And and the the journey that he takes you on is very similar to the spiritual journey that they take you to Mm -hmm. find uh, your guides. And and every single one has a similar journey. So... What's, I mean, how do you, I guess, what's the difference between the different modalities? Is it just your own personal preference, or or is one better than the other?
3: No, it's whatever calls to you. Um, You know, we have found that even with, you know, the religions, there's a, a foundation similarity, a foundational similarity between all of them. You know, and the same thing with these different modalities, the difference between perhaps shamanism and something else is that in shamanism, you really need to have the courage to go within yourself and uncover all those deep little dark secrets that you don't want anybody to know and maybe you don't even want to acknowledge and heal those. So you really have to do what we call the deep work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, and it's, it's no criticisms. A lot of people can't do that, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy. It's not an easy path, believe me. I often sit there and say, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> but it's but if it's it. a, it is, a it healing path. It is. Yeah. It
2: is. So I guess how badly you, depends on how badly you you want it and you need it.
3: Right, exactly. And, um, you know, we believe very much in, in past lives and future lives. And we believe that whatever you don't heal in this life, you're going to take into the next one. And I sure don't want to do that. So bring it on in this life, so I don't have to carry it into the next one. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: another, another intriguing theory of, of that you guys practice, of course, is, is no protection.
3: And <laughs> ah, the infamous you, no protection.
1: <laughs> and do, you, do you want to explain to, to our listeners how that works?
3: All right, let me just preface it by saying you got to do what you got to do to feel safe. But think about it for a moment. Um, what are you doing when you call in protection? You're basically letting the universe know, I'm scared. And the universe or a spirit will respond to that and go, oh, yeah, okay, great. Let's give you what you're going to be scared of. So that's what I mean about doing the healing. Because if you can remove any vulnerabilities that you have, there's nothing that a spirit on the other side can grab onto to scare you see what i mean okay. so that's a different way to look gotta, at it yeah you got to do what you got to do to feel safe but in my own personal experience when i started this path i had things thrown at me like you wouldn't believe i actually got dragged physically dragged off my bed one night by oh. something i couldn't see and yeah it was wow. terrifying it was terrifying but after a while I just, I finally gave up. I go, okay, fine. Do whatever you're going to do. I don't care. You're not going to get me anymore. I'm not going to go into this fear. And it went away. Not to say that things don't still come up at night when I'm laying in bed, but now I'm like, whatever. You know, I'm (laughs) not going to, I'm not going to go there to have, to become that vulnerable that you're going to pick on me. Ah. And it takes a while to get there. You know, it does, but, you know, it's standing up to the bully, right? Yeah, in one of our books, you know, Steve tells a story of a dream that he had where he kept tossing a ball to this dark spirit, and he kept throwing the You know, he kept getting the ball tossed, to him. he kept batting it and batting it and batting it, and he started getting tired, and he heard a voice say, stop it, and he put the bat down, and the thing kept throwing the ball, throwing the ball until the spirit got tired, and then it huh. left him alone. <laughs> so that, that's the theory. Huh. If, you, if you don't give them what they want, they'll go somewhere else.
1: Okay. Now, when you one of the cool things that uh, Steve Steve still have his house in uh, I forget where oh, yeah. it is. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. in New
3: Hampshire.
1: Yeah, and he he had that little wow. rock rock path thing. What what was that?
3: Oh, you mean the medicine wheel?
1: Yes, the medicine wheel. You want to explain that a little bit? That's an intriguing um, little thing.
3: This, in the shamanic tradition. Um, the medicine wheel represents the four directions and, uh, the four directions each have an aspect. Like the east, um, represents, uh, let me see if I remember my directions here. Um, the west is the earth. The south is, geez, I can't remember now. But put on the spot and I can't remember it. What is going on? But they also represent an animal, depending on what part of the world you're in. So they each have an aspect for you to recognize and to work on. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. You go around the medicine wheel, and you pay homage, and you honor the directions and the animals
1: in each direction.
3: Uh, it's it's a Native American custom.
1: And it's kind of spiral, right? It doesn't kind of it like is. go yes. in. It, yeah.
3: it goes in a circle. And in the middle is... Um, well, we call it the fifth element, which is love. Okay. So everything revolves around love.
1: Oh. All cool. you need is love.
2: Da, 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 da. That's right. <laughs>
1: so, anyway. So, uh... Anything new coming up with you and your group uh, or any appearances well any zooms or appearances I guess you would say <laughs> although we're starting to loosen up a little bit now so mm.
3: yeah it's starting to no actually we've been taking this time to really keep working on ourselves whatever is coming up you know things that we need to work on in ourselves um Right now, things are still kind of at a standstill. You know, we're not doing classes, and we have a little church that we haven't had any, you know, services at because of of the virus. So we'll right. see what happens in the future.
1: Oh, that's that's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the church. What what, what do you what? Is, uh, I was going to say what denomination, but uh, what do you do at your services at the church? Is it a shamanic? Um, is or a spiritualist or, or what?
3: Yeah, we do have shamanic aspects to the spiritualist service. We, our, our goal is to have people come in and actually feel the energy, feel the vibration when it go, you know, when it gets higher. Um, we do drumming sometimes during the service. Uh, the services uh-huh. end with what we call giving messages. And that's a little, it's like, um, like a little mini reading. Uh, yeah, we it's have healing, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Was a couple years ago, and do you remember that when Stephen Scott, spiritualist uh, medium from uh, Scotland, came over? And Mm -hmm. uh, we did a spirit, he did a spiritualist, uh, whatever they call it, service. Service. Yeah, yeah, which I actually get a part of. That was kind of cool. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So that a lot of people, you know, don't understand these other uh, religions and things, so they. Unfortunately, they just poo-poo them without really looking into them. But there's a lot of them are extremely interesting, and they are. and it's all about what you get out of anything, mm-hmm. whether it's any organized religion or, or, for lack of a better word, French religion. Um, it's it's what you get out of it, what it brings to you, which is important. Exactly.
3: That's right? what I tell everybody. No matter who's telling you, if it doesn't resonate with you, don't pay attention. That if, mm-hmm. if it touches you in some way, you know, follow through with it.
1: Exactly. So if somebody were, were interested in, in having either a remote investigation or when things settle down, a, a uh, physical investigation, uh, how could they uh, contact, contact you guys?
3: Um, they can probably contact us best through, um, we have the sacredhealinggrove.com. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, where we have the services and, and that's Steve's home and they can drop us an email there or they can go to Cummerford slash Wilson dot com. That's Steve's in mind for our our books and they can mm-hmm. drop us off an email there and we'll get back to you.
1: And if people uh, want to find out more about the other books, the fictional books you're writing with Maureen, is there a, a site for that as well?
3: Um, I have a site called btlordwriter.com because I also write. I have two other series that I write. One's a paranormal, one's a murder mystery. Oh, and cool. Um, and, and Maureen's, I think, is jsheaven.com, I believe.
1: Excellent. We didn't. We're just about out of time, but quickly, your murder mysteries. Uh, yeah, do you have a main character?
3: We I do. It's a it's a small town set in Maine, and the main character is a female sheriff. Oh, awesome. Cool. <laughs> and the uh, the Paranormal uh, Mystery is a set of islands set off the coast of Maine that are cursed, and they're called the Coffin Islands.
0: And yeah, I love uh, that. A, male,
3: a male, then oh. that's a male deputy.
1: I love that, Coffin Islands. That's a good title. I mean, good name. I like that. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, anyways yeah, Betty, we, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. And, yes. and, uh, thank tell you so us much for having me. I appreciate you. it. And uh, stay safe.
3: You too. <laughs> Take care, everybody.
1: Yeah. So anyways, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. We want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, remember, wear your mask, for God's sake. That's sakes. right. <laughs> wear your mask, wash your hands. There you go. She should wash your hands anyway. That's true. <laughs> what the hell? This is true. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Good night and God bless everyone.
2: Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.